Okay, everybody, welcome back to B2B Nav. And this week we are touching on what I would say is a topic relevant to the new year. So I've, I've termed it new year, new failure. So why have we learned to accept failure as part of our lives? So obviously we can take this a lot broader than marketing. Um, but I guess to start with, let's tie it back to what we do, what we do best, uh, being the world of marketing communications and in creative, in broader marketing campaigns, in digital campaigns, it feels like 2019 has been the year when people are talking more about ROI, people are talking mm -hmm. more about KPIs, people are talking more about making marketing like accountable. Um, let's start there. What, what do you think of that as a topic? Do you think that's something you've seen in your work? You, you see it everywhere, but what I suppose it's people aren't really realistic about it, are they? Okay. That's probably the start point. Yeah. So you look at it and you go, okay, I'm at the beginning of the year and I'm going to set these goals for myself. Yeah, absolutely no sort of acknowledgement of the previous 12 months, yep. trends in the marketplace, mm -hmm. movement within the kind of economic world, and you go, okay, you set these, now what do we do? Yep. So that's the, I suppose it's flawed from the start mm -hmm. in that people set goals to make themselves look good. Yep. You know, uh, we all know people in the world, you know, they'll say, oh, I can sell you 9,000 of them like that. Yep. And it's to just get the headline figure and make you look good in front of someone. Whereas yeah. actually it's more vi more valuable to go, well, I'm going to sell five of them. Yeah. I'm going to sell five of them to absolutely the right person who's going to buy them and going to buy them off you for the rest of their living days. Yeah, yeah. And you don't see that a lot. And you get people, Ollie will know this really well, you get people who are just like glamoured by impressions. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think what you've just said there, part of the issue or challenge is that requires somebody to really sit down and think things out in quite a lot of detail yeah. before they start in terms of who they're wanting to approach, how they're wanting to approach and things like that. And if you don't do that, then you, you're just really setting yourself up for failure because you can just go, we're doing this campaign, we want 50 leads, but mm. you're not really thinking through the detail of how you, you're going to achieve that. And if you don't, you've not got reasoning behind it, it's going to make it a lot harder to achieve and then you've got your failure right there. Do you, th do you think there's an element of, because you're so busy finishing off a year, and not all campaigns are running for a year obviously, mm -hmm. but in the sense of, <clears throat> I'll always tie it back to the financial side of the market and when you're setting your financial budgets, mm -hmm. and no matter what your year end falls in the financial world, you're so busy finalising your budgets for the next year, your year end performance, what metrics you've actually hit that you're already in you're already into the new campaign in a way before you've really got to grips with what the performance yeah. was and what the KPI is. And I've been told I'm not allowed to swear, so I'm <laughs> but it's the seven Ps. Okay. Of which two of them I'm not allowed to say. But it's about poor planning promoting poor performance. Yep. And I think that's where it all comes from. And you're right. At the end of the year everyone's running to the winning post aren't yeah, yeah. or even if it's not just to get over the finish line <laughs> after the bar of a break yeah, or like and somehow just get through the year and yep. live to fight another day and they don't start the planning process early enough and they don't start it with a view to contextualizing what they've done so everything is a rush and everything does get kind of but how how early out. and it's difficult because all campaigns run different lengths as i say yeah. but if it's, an, if it's an annual kind of marcom's plan yeah. year-long program what's the recommendation of when you should be thinking about that planning process the ideal. When, when have you got when have you got enough information on what you've done in the run-up to it to inform the next period probably the ideal and this is controversial is to go down the mvp route and okay that sort of sprint mentality of mm -hmm. nothing in this world nothing's perfect yeah and you know and if people wait for perfection it's never going to arrive and 
you kind of you just procrastinate your navel gazing forever. Yeah. But if people are brave enough to go, you know, you know what, I'm going to go with this. It's eighty percent right. Yeah. And what I'll do is I'll run with it and I'll let you know I'll let the cards fall where they will. Yeah. And I'll learn from that and then I'll move on and I'll iterate over the course of twelve months. And actually, what you shouldn't have is annual planning. You should have. Yeah. A, really, you should mm. start. And you should never stop. Because then, if you if you're doing the annual planning route, you can't really roll with the punches, can you? No, you, you no, no. You're talking what you're doing in December, but you don't know what's going to come up in the next year for your business. Yeah. You could get bought, you could buy someone, you could launch a new product that you don't always know is going to happen. I mean, time stamping on. today's podcast yep. in what two days? It's a general election. Yeah. Nobody knows so what's going to happen. Let's talk about failure. That's a tough one to call. <laughs> but you just don't know yeah. what's going to happen the other side of Thursday. No. So how can you possibly have created an annual plan to account for all of the ups and downs? That's what always used to entertain me in the financial world, though, where people would set a five-year or a seven-year or a nine-year or a ten-year business plan. And, then, you know, I've worked across a lot of sectors. I've worked with a lot of different businesses. You can do 12 months, I would imagine, pretty granular. But do you mean plan or ambition? Because they're two different things. Well, I think you can sit there and say, I want to double the size of my business in ten years, but you can't, there's no way you can granularly tell me. You can't roadmap that. No, but people do. And I've, I've seen business plans this big in lovely bow, spiral bound folders that oh. then go missing in people's boots and yeah. they're never referred to again. You've got like six happened? to 12 months of stuff that's potentially useful, then everything after that. You have that first, no yeah, first board meeting of the year where everybody's confident with the results and they get the folders out and they're marking it up. And then board meeting two. Well, uh, it's the first three. time there's a bump in the road, isn't it? The moment yeah. that it goes off, yeah. the, you know, the story, you're like, well, what do we do? This is our novel. I think most people stopped. tend to lift the rug and sweep it under, yeah. don't they? They'll just ignore it. I mean, that's my take yeah. on it. That's that's genuinely what you tend to see more and more in the business world. And you see it in marketing as well, in the sense of people glossing past. And create, creatively is an interesting one, because you know I've noticed that more and more over the last few years working with yourself, that clients and, and, and prospects and contacts start with such a big, bold ambition creatively. And where that lands is reality quite often bias, doesn't it? nowhere um, near it, is it? Reality, real-world pressures, actually delivering something. Sure. Not being prepared to invest in focus groups. Yeah. But, you know, that is one of the big things that kills it, is, you know, you'll get an idea. Nine times out of ten, it'll probably be a combination of client and agency coming together, thinking things through, yep. being pretty confident about it, but not validating. Yeah. Or not validating to the point where they know, yes, that's got the ability to work and kind of resonating all the, fo the focus groups is that speed or stubbornness that's preventing people I doing that I think it's cost yeah cost okay Co I mean yeah. if, if I could say to any client we can run this for a focus group of 20 of your number one like your top 20 prospects yep I've got access to the key personas and buying buyers in each of those businesses and I can run this creative by them yep absolutely objectively before we run it would you like to do it yep they'll all say yes and I'll say, that's going to cost you £10,000. And they'll go, yeah. you're all right. <laughs> I think the same thing applies to other forms of user research as well. Like If you're thinking about websites and, and carrying out research there before you do it, or even during the process, you can go down that kind of agile methodology where you're kind of doing, let's say, a month of work at a time where you yeah. design, build something, put it in front of people, get them to test it, and then refine it. But that all adds costs to a project. Yeah. And I'd say most companies um, aren't willing to invest I think they look unless it's something particularly critical. So I imagine that's the approach Amazon or something like that's going to take. But, but they, they're built on that, but they don't, you know, most clients at, at the moment, I don't think, 
view, whether they say it or not, they don't view marketing as an OPEX that's ongoing and should be seen over a year. They go, I've got my marketing, yeah. I've got my budget, it's capital, CapEx, mentally, yeah. not in reality, don't worry. No, 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 don't worry. I know the accounting standards well, yeah. But what they do is they then look at it in that way and they don't see it as an ongoing investment. They see it as a part that I need a thing, a thing, a thing, a thing, a thing, and I need to get those things. Once I've got I, those I, things. I don't think many clients or prospects um, are, are of a level yet to embrace that sprint, scrum, agile, whatever you want to refer to it as. And it was interesting um, at the conference you're at with the, 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 the global networks that we, that we are associated with. And they and there was an agency there that's, in, that's tried this with clients, um, basically helping them overcome one problem or one key question that they wanted to get through. Do you remember the conversation? Yeah, and it was... It, the key thing for me was, did it work or not? Because I was trying to think about it for us, because it's something you can embed or trial or whatever. And you know, the cost was sort of 40,000 euros for a one-week intense workshop off-site, which immediately made me go, so it's serious books, you've got to have somebody who's pretty committed to this. Plus, mm. it's one, it was one question. And anything that deviated from that question, they boarded it up, didn't they? And they were focused on this one, this one area. But it also left the team, the agency team in... in in tatters was the word I was going to use. I was trying to think of a more international word, but yeah, exactly that. In absolute disarray because they were working twenty-four hour days for five days virtually to get this yeah. output done. And I and I still question even with that, do you get the right output no. by rushing think, that creative I think process? What you get is you get an output, and it might be that what you need is that mm. to then because I don't think that project we spoke to the guys about. Yeah, I don't see that. That wasn't the end of the road. Yeah. That was, we've got this incredibly gnarly problem. I think they saw it as a door we've open to the agents, didn't they? They saw it as a door open because anything else that came up in conversation, they'd be like, oh, we'll come back to that one, yeah, we'll come back we'll to that one. Sideline that. But it was like, we've got to a point now. So, this problem they had, they hadn't been able to solve via traditional, inverted commas, agency methods. Yeah. Be that a pitch or the incumbent or whatever. And while what they've got, I doubt very much will ever see the light of day. Yeah. It's that catalyst point that will then yeah. allow mm -hmm. them to. It's coming, to, solves the problem. it's coming back to what you said about the MVP thing, isn't it, really? Which is, don't be afraid to, to kind of go with something and then embrace the fact that it might not be the final solution, but that it's better than what you had before or is what it, you is didn't Is it worth just saying for anybody that's listening out there what an MVP is? Because I'm constantly throw acronyms around all the time yeah. and put some people to go, what? So MVP being a minimal viable product. So if we think about it from... Windows. As I'm digital, <laughs> I'm going to go with a website, sorry. <laughs> Windows. Um, so you might cut out some of the functionality that isn't critical for your first version, yeah. and you'll go with uh, the functionality that is critical, yeah. and you'll add on the other stuff uh, later if it's or needed. Or the functionality you want to charge for later. And, the same, yeah. and that same kind of context can apply to a test and learn digital campaign, yeah. optimizing a campaign as it goes, A-B testing things creatively. A logo, a logo won't with the final no, logo? Yeah. No, absolutely not. Focus groups, all that kind of stuff. And, con and content, I suppose. Even looking at ourselves, what we've done with our content so far, we've probably had three or four, even thumbnails on the podcast. We've had a couple of different names for it. The important thing is that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. It's improved, well, hopefully, improving every time we do it. No, if we just sat start, down at the beginning and thought, what is a perfect format? We, what other podcasts are out yeah. there? Let's go look at Joe Rogan. How's he doing his absolutely. podcast? And we tried to emulate that, would have never got started. We'd still be sat here procrastinating over what the thumbnails should be. Be, what we should do and I think that's probably one of my biggest learnings this year and it took me a while to get through it that you can't have that perfectionist no. approach 
to well, content. Especially with like the stuff like that. You're comparing yourself to, let's say it was Joe Rogan, you're comparing yourself to somebody who's effectively the number one on the planet for podcasting or something yeah, well yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. And he, he didn't get there overnight. No. He's yeah. got a whole kind of a journey that he went on. Well, I was going to say, and also the depth of the team, I was going to say, yeah, who yeah, are actually yeah. producing it. But the important thing is, one, that you do it. So we said, we said at the beginning of the year, we'd do so many podcasts, we'd produce so many knowledge editions. And, we, and we're doing it, but we're doing it because we've held ourselves accountable to that, in my opinion. Yeah. And then when you get into the reasons why things fail, <clears throat> I, no, I heard the, a great quote, I said this to Ollie earlier off camera, but in the sense of I heard a great quote the other day that was, um, the adult equivalent of the dog ate my homework is I'm, I've been busy. <laughs> and I think, I think that's true. I think that's really true. Because if you ask somebody in our place, in work, outside of work, why haven't you been to the gym? too busy why haven't you been for that run you said you were going to go on i've been too busy why why are you eating badly i've been too busy mm. and it is that kind of it's yeah. just accepted that being busy but then prioritization where are you focusing your efforts yeah. if you started the year saying it was critical you did these things then hold yourself accountable to them and i, I hate i just hate excuses because mm. you, you've got you've got to do it and if you're not doing it you're definitely not going to get to where you want to get where, to, are you? We, there's no doubt that we're all adults and we're all busy. Uh, so, to some extent, everybody's, you don't have a lot of time when you're sat doing nothing. So you're always busy, but it depends what you're busy doing. I oh. like playing games, so sometimes at no, night I'm busy yeah, playing games. that's fine if you unwind doing that. But so, I, think but you, I think it's what we were talking about before, is it comes down to prioritisation. And like yeah. you say, if, if something's critical and this is something you should be doing, make sure you're doing yeah, it. And if there's a reason that you can't or there's something else that's more important and is genuinely more important, then obviously you need to rework things and figure out how you can get both of them done or figure out who can support you with other areas. But I think the key thing is making sure you're really prioritizing things because I'm, I'm sure everybody finds it at some point or another, you're doing something that you think is important, but it's definitely not more important than the other things that you said you were going to do. You just found yourself kind of doing that thing that you feel like doing or is easy to do at the time or somebody's asked you for, but it's not necessarily yeah. the thing that you should be working on. Yeah, that's a, that kind of ability to distract everyone is easily distracted if they want to be. I listened to another podcast on that the other day, which is all about attraction and distraction. And I'd never thought about it like this till they actually described it, but in the sense of attraction, obviously something's pulling you in. Distraction is pulling you away from something you want to focus on. And so you had to break it down like that. I thought yeah. it's such a basic point, but you actually think, yeah, these things aren't more important. They're literally just getting my attention what and pulling me human, away from it. So it's human nature. What yeah. they will tend to be it's easy. easier. You sit the words out of my mouth. And that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an easy path to go off over here. And yeah. do something. It's an easy path to go and do something that you kind of know and you've done a hundred times. Yeah. Whereas that whole thing about, you know, when we started that January this year, we're going to do as many podcasts we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to create a knowledge hub. We're going to do this, yeah. we're going to do that. It's like, it's difficult. It's really hard to do. It's all hard stuff. And the fear of failure is probably a stronger distraction than, or, kind of thing to put people off and anything else. And I always think if you say it out loud and you tell other people, you'll do it. I know yeah. that sounds yeah. ridiculous, but that's, that's, that's always been my thing with the team here. We, I will it. stand up in front of a team meeting here and say we're going to do something, and I don't want the embarrassment of standing up yeah. in six or 12 months' time and going, we haven't achieved yeah. that, well, we haven't I, done it. I don't, this is obviously isn't the real definition, but like I remember years ago hearing uh, the, the phrase or saying, trust is doing what you said you were going to do. Yeah. So when you, when you don't... Yeah do whatever you said you were going to do. You, you're kind of lowering your estimation in somebody else's eyes, whether it's yeah. a little or a lot. Yeah. I think, that, I think that's, you know, even one of our values being execution matters. It, sh it shows here that that is one of our mantras that we, we, we bang home about because 
you know, there's sometimes there's a lack of differentiation in marketing agencies that you go to, but big part of it is doing what you say you'll do, managing expectations, setting the KPIs accordingly at the start of what you can and can't achieve with the client. Because I think you see it sometimes on digital campaigns, don't you, where maybe the not mismanaged expectations, but you've got to be carefully manage the client's expectations mm-hmm. of what they think they'll get off a paid campaign. I or? think what I'd say we've seen in that regard in the past is more that there haven't been expectations set or not clearly set enough. So we'll have finished a campaign where we might have generated, let's say for example, 20 leads, and we'll think that's performed well based on the yeah. ad spend, but the client don't necessarily have that same perception. And that's communication, isn't it? Yeah, it comes we've down to it. We've also place. seen it where click-through rates and things like that, yeah. though, in terms of a campaign has generated what is considered acceptable or good results even. And you sat there with a client who goes, well, no, um, Bob yeah. down the golf club told me he got 25% <laughs> click-through rate or whatever. And you sat there going, well, Bob down the golf club probably doesn't know what he's doing. Or probably isn't running campaigns of your scale and or size. Bob down the golf club has probably got 400 10-year-olds yeah. from China clicking yeah. on his site. You know what it, I mean? It's it, like targeting, you know, yeah. it's targeting, doing it properly. So we, we obviously don't always know the answer of what we're going to do before it, but we have to do our best to estimate it and predict it yeah. so that when we're going into it, we can see if we're, we're on track or not. And if we're not on track, why can we do better? So is that our, and I've always found this quite interesting, is it our responsibility to meet the client expectation or is it their responsibility to know their market? I well, think it's our responsibility or the advisor's responsibility or the partner or the agency or no matter what sec- well, no matter what sector in, it's your responsibility to manage the client's expectations because in a world of corporate finance, you can meet six, seven different corporate finances that will say they can sell your business. Whether they can sell it is a totally different thing anyway. Yeah. But then also what they're going to sell it for and to, is uh, two totally different things. It comes into a, a, like a, a bidding war between corporate finance providers. Go, I'll, I'll, I'll sell it for 40 million. I've been sat in meetings with people and you sat there going, there's no way you can sell it for 40 million. But then there's this 40 million expectation set from the start yeah. just to win the work. <coughs> and then, then you have to talk them off the ledge and say, oh, it's probably 35, it's probably 30, well, it's probably 20. 25. And they've still got this 40 number in the head. And that happened with the owners of the business. We, we MBO'd it off it because somebody at some point had told oh, them they could sell it for a number. And, they could they they couldn't like it doesn't that's that wasn't that's not the way you value businesses it's not the value you'd buy a business for so but that management of expectation careful management that's probably how you hold yourself even yourself is set your own goals realistically so yeah well you know we said we'll do podcasts and we'll continue to deliver knowledge and content over the year we didn't give ourselves unrealistic Mm-hmm. kind of goals we were kind of like yeah it's kind of frightening and you if i remember correctly i think we set the ambition of doing one podcast a month yep. which i believe yeah. and i think we're up on we're, that so we're good yeah i think we've smashed through that to be honest yeah we but, then but the key thing is we've not we i think from the beginning we thought we could probably do more but we didn't commit we didn't to know, doing more we? because we didn't know yeah. So. Yeah, but we also didn't know how long things take we didn't know um how long it take to get through all the kind of process behind it and, and i think realism, well, it's baby steps isn't it it's baby the same steps. thing applies when we're doing so campaigns and work yeah. for people is that we we should apply exactly the same rules so you know yeah. some of these things are new it's new technology like particularly the area you're in mm. yeah. we're sat with new technology you know whether it's whether it's drift whether it's showpad whether it's a another SaaS solution and they're moving so fast how can we possibly sit and i've been in presentations where people selling these things will promise you how can you sit and promise the earth when it's moving so fast so you have to kind of be we're going to get there it's 
bold, it's brave, it's scary, but you've got to kind of just jump in yeah. and go along. And you've got to be in it and committed to it. You know, a lot of the problems come when people go, I want to try, I want to try marketing automation. You want to try it. You can't try it. Yeah. You either do it or you don't. I want to try using CRM. I feel like you're system. one step from quoting Yoda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. So it's like, you can't try any of these things. Do or do not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we have that. We have that with our own tech stack and new things that we try. And unless you really, really commit and throw weight behind it and, and accept it's going to be a learning curve for yeah. every single person involved in it, I agree. There's no point in you even kicking no, off no, these yeah. things because I mean, really all you're doing is just spending money and you could inv be investing yeah, in the part of the business. For the, like, the, the badge yeah. and not the actual result. I mean, it's, I'm not into self-help books particularly, but there's one from donkeys ago called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Yeah. It's like that sort of thing. You've just got to... If you're gonna do it, even if it's scared, jump and go. And well, it's gonna be it's gonna be uncomfortable, and you're gonna go through a period of being uncomfortable. But hopefully, you come out the other side better, don't you? And yeah. I suppose that's the whole mentality with going to the gym in the new year. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty hard for those first few weeks once the novelty wears off and grinding yeah. through it. And there's, and there's the rule there, isn't there? Once you've done something we twelve weeks, it's a habit. Or something, young lads yeah. in the business earlier, mm -hmm. and he was saying exactly the same thing. It's really hard to commit to doing the same thing every day. Whereas, and he's going out running. Yeah, and he's doing it. But it's a tough slog. Yeah, but well, the guys who are doing that in the team, this 5K a day in December thing or whatever it is, that, you know. Metal. The, yeah, but the, but the people that are doing it are not saying they're too busy to do it. They're going out at five. Five in the morning to get it done or they're going out at 10 at night and doing the run. So, you know, when I sit there at home and say I'm too busy, I've got kids and I've got a job and I own a business and I just haven't got time, it's, it's, it's rubbish really. Well, just time honest. in there, but you find it's back to distraction, isn't it? Well, distraction, yeah, mainly, yeah, probably distracted writing something else on my laptop normally. But, in the, but, in the, but that's the that's 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 an excuse. It is an excuse as to why you're not out there running on the streets or pounding the pavement or whatever the rule may be. Mm. Okay, so, so it feels like a natural place to break. What are we thinking in terms of top takeaways? I'll go for you first, Ollie. Oh, nice and easy slot. Um, I think I think just set clear expectations at the beginning, whatever it is, and make sure that you keep up with it. Whether that's that you want to put out a piece of content a month, whether that's that you want to go to the gym three times a week, yeah, or, or whether that's you want to get results from a campaign just make sure you understand what those expectations are yeah. and keep going and i suppose just if you don't manage to hit them all don't stop just keep going and try and get back up there or realign those expectations slightly if you need to if you're hitting twice a week at the gym yeah that's better than not going at all yeah and True. just keep moving from there john i'd say look at it as a journey not you know people view campaigns as little little quick trips mm -hmm. like from a to b and it isn't the whole lifespan of a product or a business or a service is a campaign. Yeah. And you should think about it in that way and continually just build on what you're doing. Don't go, year one, we're going to do that. Now we've done that, we'll forget about that and we'll do something totally different here and we'll crack on and, oh, it didn't work or people didn't get it or yeah. we've not built on anything. Why not? Yeah. Because you haven't kind of iteratively approached it. Maybe just embrace a bit more of a scrum mentality about stuff and yeah. think, well, I can, you know, it's not that good enough is good enough, it isn't. But what good enough does do is it gives you a platform to understand what works and what gets doesn't. Gets you started, doesn't and it? And gets you on the journey. Yeah. Rome uh, wasn't built in a day. It was not. <laughs> it wasn't. I think mine would be to keep your objectives front and centre. And by that, I mean doing a big glossy business plan that does get lost in the boot or lost in a filing cabinet or whatever. Great. You need to do that business plan. You need that granularity. But whatever, I think one of the best things we've done is 
the whiteboard in the mm. boardroom where we've got everything on there that we want to achieve. And there's a reason why certain aspects haven't been scrubbed off it in 12 months. There's a reason why it's on my laptop as my screensaver, because you're sad. So when you sat there and you are getting distracted, being pulled back in and attracted back to the focus of where you started off, I think is pretty key as well. So yeah, hopefully everybody enjoyed the episode. Um, thanks very much for watching and listening, depending on what platform you're on. Uh, please don't forget to check out www.b2bknowledge.com um, for our free online content hub and publication, helping our clients, prospects, and contacts navigate the ever-evolving B2B marketing landscape. Um, see you next week. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Mike.